0: B2B content show podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Ben Gibert, VP of Marketing at Spectrum. Ben, welcome to the show. Great to have you on.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. Great to be here. Excited for our chat. So tell us a little bit about Spectrum. Sure. So Spectrum is uh, the conversational marketing automation platform for search, social, and display. What that means is really that we We help major global brands automate one-to-one conversations uh, with their customers on messaging channels and kind of throughout all of the major ad networks. So whether that's search, social, and display on things like Google, Facebook, Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram.
0: Before we leap into our topic, tell us about a memorable marketing moment or something you've learned either during your time at Spectrum or any other point in your career.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think as far as a memorable moment, for me, it was more learning by doing. Um, I founded a company in the UK in the kind of sticker science and graphics uh, industry. And it was very clear early on that it was kind of an industry that was entrenched in kind of old school ways of doing things. And so by being kind of digital first, by gobbling up a lot of search presence early on in that industry, we actually managed to get pretty amazing results. And so that's, I guess, where I would say I started my career in marketing was as a founder for that company, just building both kind of like a B2C and a B2B marketing funnel, and then understanding how how different those are, like selling products online to consumers through channels like Amazon, our own website, or then, you know, building a more kind of B2B focused lead gen funnel that was all about bringing in more customized graphic services. So that was a big learning point for me. And then I think shifting to spectrum really coming to grips with what a B2B SaaS marketing funnel looks like particularly in the enterprise space I think it's been almost 4 years at spectrum and it's been a constant learning experience which has really been pretty incredible ride and I'm I'm very lucky to to work with a founding team at spectrum the two co-founders that get marketing and that also are are not always asking me what's the immediate ROI on everything I'm doing, uh, which, which gives me a bit more leeway to do things that are fun and creative as well.
0: Awesome. So, well, let's get into it. Um, you know, let's talk about your marketing strategy and specifically how you target the content you create to map onto what your audience actually cares about. There's just so much content out there, kind of a sea of content. It's easy to get lost, you know, and some of it can seem kind of a little bit catch-all. But as you were just saying, you know, every funnel is a little bit different. The SaaS funnel is different than it would be for another kind of company. So how would you describe your approach to content marketing and creating content that's really focused on your audience?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I can speak particularly at Spectrum, you know, having been kind of a marketing team of one for a while and then having built out more of a team that's, that's continuing to grow. I think there was a lot of product marketing involved in what I was doing and really kind of nailing down the core messaging points of like who we are as a brand, what we want to do. I think understanding that is one part of the puzzle to kind of really craft a content strategy. And then as you mentioned, who is the the audience for this? So rather than creating catch all content, creating something that actually resonates with people. So I was again, fortunate at Spectrum that when I joined there was an understanding to some extent of like who our buyers were what our buyer personas were what our icp was as far as company but there was a lot of work to do in terms of really honing in on okay how do we then turn that understanding of who our buyers are into a mapping of what their kind of core challenges are and and how we can solve for that so i think the work you know the more work you do on that at the very beginning the more it pays off in the long run uh, and i think for us because of the niche that we're in people don't necessarily understand chatbot marketing. They have a lot of kind of like customer service mentality when it comes to what chatbots are. And so for us, it was really helping defining exactly what the use cases are, like how those use cases are relevant to the different personas that we're targeting and then identifying what types of content they would need to to better understand the use case, to understand how it could be relevant to them and kind of building out from there. So it's like, for me, the content strategy is really what, types of content are you creating and then being very clear like what's the purpose for this particular piece of content and then also measuring impact right and so you mentioned like every funnel is a little bit different so being very very clear what the goal of a particular piece of content is and where it might fit is very important and I think it sounds so basic and so simple but it's like often those first principles that are forgotten when you get kind of caught up in the content production game when you think Let's just post on social. Let's just create blog posts. Let's just do all of the things that people do. And it can be easy to forget, okay, who am I making this for? Where does this fit into the funnel? And how exactly can I do that? And I think repurposing that content too is something that's very important.
0: You mentioned a few minutes ago, and then you just mentioned again, you know, one of the the key things being, who are you creating the content for? And the more you know about those people and what really is going to hit home with them, the better it's going to go generally. And you were saying before that kind of early on in in your tenure there, the company had sort of an idea about that, but if you really worked on honing. And so how did you do that? How did you go about drilling down to really more deeply understand what it is that people that your audience really wants to learn?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a lot of kind of internal workshops, a lot of testing and learning, a lot of like talking to the sales team, understanding. Sometimes you know, we're in the enterprise space, so the ideal situation is getting access to customers, talking to them, like understanding the the language that they use. That would be what I would love to do. I think that's hard when you're going through layers of big agencies, when you've got customer success managers that kind of have the relationship with the clients. So it's often relying on those kind of secondary sources to do some of the mining for you to understand. Okay, what are people saying on calls? But you know, in terms of frameworks that we've used, I think like I'm a big fan of the Jobs to Be Done framework, which is very common uh, in the industry. But just understanding, okay, like what would our target persona actually use our product to do? What are they trying to achieve? And then like how do we actually solve for that? And what are the core differentiators that we have? Really honing in on that has helped us to to better identify what types of content. And as I said, we operate in this relatively new space where the mechanics of what does a marketing chatbot look like, what is the entry point from say like a paid social ad into a chatbot or from like your email newsletter into a chatbot is relatively unclear to people. So a lot of the content we've developed at the top of the funnel has been like educating people on like, okay, these are the core use cases for a marketing chatbot in your industry. This is how you can grow your audience on these messaging channels where your customers now spend a lot of time. And then once you've done that, it's like, okay, and this is how you can monetize that behavior. This is the kind of data that you can collect. So it gets kind of more and more granular depending on their stage in the customer journey and also just depending on their industry and the use case. So
0: give me an example of a piece of content or maybe like a series of content that you're really proud of that's come out of the other end of this process of deliberation and that really hit home with, uh, with your audience.
1: Yeah, something we released recently that I am, am pretty proud of is just like a major report on conversational commerce, like the state of social conversational commerce in 2022. So that was a survey of about 1700 people in Europe and the US. Why I'm proud of it is more, you know, it's obviously like huge reports. A lot of people are doing them. Not everybody reads an entire report, but it's more figuring out ways to leverage that report in different formats and then also using it for different things. So from kind of like top of funnel, like the keyword strategy around conversational commerce, right? So like we ungated the entire report and we're doing that for all of our content going forward. It's like adding more value and making things more publicly available rather than always forcing people through a form. And so I think the keyword strategy around kind of owning conversational commerce, showing up in search results, then being able to use kind of a large piece of original research based on data that a lot of people want, you know, they're always looking for unique data in the industry, using that for kind of brand awareness and PR outreach to get analysts and journalists more interested to get coverage. Um, You know, we were recently covered in media posts, which is a pretty big, big outlet for that. And it's like, that's the type of earned media that's always amazing to get when you publish this kind of research. Again, still top of funnel, like using that for backlink building outreach. And showing kind of like, what are the major trends in the industry that are helping to improve an awareness of the problems that we solve for, right? So like the report is based on shifting trends in social and how much messaging is a part of how people want to interact with brands on social. So it's like making people aware of this is a space where you actually have an opportunity. So very kind of top of funnel, create that demand. But then middle of funnel also like, okay, how do we splice and dice that report? to highlight specific stats and some of the email nurtures that we have in our inbound marketing funnel, or how can the sales team use that for outreach in their outbound tactics? Or can we create short videos that explain the relevance of those stats to different industries all the way down even to lower funnel, You know, things like how do we show the benchmarks in the industry for messaging interactions on certain channels? How can we get sales to re-engage kind of stalled accounts and opportunities with this types of content? We can take this huge report and we can repackage it. And bundle it in ways that kind of enable action at every part of the funnel, which for us is a major win because these are big investments in content. And so, if we can do that and we can even enable upsell within the customer success team, so expanding accounts by showing them what's possible on other channels and kind of what the use cases are, there's a lot of opportunity to take that one piece of content and just repurpose it into so many formats that add value throughout the company.
0: I interviewed a guy just a few weeks ago on the topic of starting big to go small. And it was sort of, this is a great example of that, of really putting a lot of time and resources into kind of a big piece of content, like a a showcase piece of content, like you're describing original research, which in and of itself is very valuable, but then repurposing it over and over for quite a while for different parts of the funnel, different segments of the audience is just really super valuable. And it sounds like you've gotten a ton of value from that, particular piece of content as you're describing it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think we could always do more. There's plenty of other opportunities. There's a lot of other channels that we could be using to distribute this content. You know, one thing I saw an interview with Ross Simmons not too long ago, who's great on the distribution front. He talks a lot about this concept that other people talk about too, which is, you know, create once, distribute forever. And for me, that really clicked. I'm like, yes, that's actually something where I think maybe earlier in my career, I have failed in terms of focusing just on like the creation of the content as if that's an end in itself. And lacking like a really clear vision of like what that distribution looks like. How do we leverage it? How do we show impact across every stage of the funnel within the company?
0: I mean, I think a lot of content marketers can kind of struggle with that, just pumping out content, right? There's so many channels and they're never satisfied, right? You just, it's like like working in the salt mines, right? You just got to like crank this stuff out and get it out there. Just, you know, is it good? Is it bad? Who knows? Just fill up the channels. But ultimately that doesn't really pay off. Right. I mean, at a certain point you got to step back and be like, okay, we've learned a lot about our audience. Let's pump the brakes for a minute and produce something that's new. But that's going to take time.
1: And it takes, I think, executive buy-in too, right? You need to have the kind of trust of your founders or, you know, whoever you're reporting into that this is something that will add value. And even if we don't see kind of direct ROI in terms of opportunities generated or closed one customers that are directly attributable to that piece of content, there's an understanding that, okay, we are tracking metrics from, you know, whether it's impressions, earned media, backlinks to kind of. The other parts of the funnel I mentioned that there is value there, but ultimately it does come down to, can you show that? Because if you can't show it, it becomes very hard to then get buy-in for, you know, the next piece of content and that, but I think the reports the kind of original research and data can be, can be amazing for that. It's just important not to get lost in the creation of just that and to think about all of the different ways you can reuse it.
0: Right. You, you need both parts, right? It's not, it doesn't do much if no one knows about it. Now you guys, now you mentioned you have various channels that you'd like to lean a bit more into, but Mm -hmm. you do have a podcast and I would love to talk about that for a few minutes. So tell us about the podcast. What's, what's it called? What's it about?
1: The podcast is called one-to-one the conversational marketing podcast. And for me, the podcast is obviously a big brand awareness play, like a community building play. But it's also somewhere where you can get into the framework where this is not a place for selling, right? It's not about talking about your product, like you can bring it up by extension when someone brings up something relevant that maybe you're doing in your product. But at the same time, it's just like starting those conversations, right? Which sounds corny for a conversational marketing platform. But like starting conversations is amazing. Like I've been really surprised at the level of insight and just like the excitement that people have around this topic. And even when I've talked to, you know, people where, you know, they're leading a much smaller agency. And I think, well, is this really relevant to, you know, some of the bigger agency partners that we work with, or kind of the types of brands that we work with, but they have a ton of insights from the work that they've done. And it's really valuable to have those conversations. And I'm always very pleasantly surprised by kind of the golden nuggets that come out of those conversations. And I think it helps Get into the practice of not always thinking from a marketing and selling standpoint and thinking like, how do we add the most value? How do we start conversations with the community and the industry? And that's really the best way to grow is to like focus on adding value, to focus on building relationships with people, to invite partners into the podcast, to explain like you know launches that they're having that we're a part of, and things like that. So I think, yeah, I've been really. Really happy with it so far. We're at the very start of the journey. Uh, It's only three episodes in. We have a couple more recorded, plenty more kind of booked in already. But it's been it's been a lot of fun so far.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm in the podcast world, so I'm a little biased. But it's just so cool to see you guys doing that and already having success with it. I really like what you said about conversation and relationship building. I mean, that is how we get to know people, right? By talking and having conversations, and even better when You're focusing, you're shining the spotlight on somebody you want to get to know and enabling them to talk about what they care about, right? And who they are and what they believe in and what they do. It's sort of not often that we, just normal people, get a chance to do that. It can be very powerful when you you do it the right way. I mean, say a little bit more about that, sort of the value you get out of having these conversations.
1: I think it opens you up to thinking about things that you didn't think about. You know, we can be very blinded in our everyday work lives i think having a moment to get out of that space and to come into something that is more of a conversation where you feel like you get to learn people where you can connect with people where you can kind of also grow your network like i'm not someone who i don't enjoy networking i'm just not one of those people usually but i do love having conversations with people and i love the industry that we're in and i believe you know i think there's so much opportunity there so like connecting with people that feel the same way but that might be coming at it from a very different perspective is very refreshing and i feel like it's also kind of like energized my work and made me think about other things that i could be doing you know i think a good example would be i spoke with brian smith at intuit the other day who's kind of more in the conversational design ai and kind of product management role and so not necessarily like focusing on marketing but you know the things that he talked about in terms of how you build like a modular project, like how you focus on use cases that you can then share with companies within the portfolio of brands that Intuit have, how you like think about conversational in that way is really kind of inspiring. And then you can have an agency conversation with someone who is really, really hyper-focused on like this channel and how we drive performance marketing kind of impact for our customers. And this is like the specific types of campaigns that we run and you get a lot of insights into what's working for them which we can ultimately share with all of our customers as well. So I think it's like going into it very open-ended, feeling like let's let this conversation go. You know, there's a structure, but let it go where it goes. And I've found that to be very valuable in terms of getting that energy from people and getting new ideas.
0: There's so much more I want to talk about with you about this, but unfortunately we have to wrap things up. So um, Ben, thank you so much for your time. Love what you guys are doing love what you're doing with the podcast. And thanks for making time to come on, on this show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. I've really enjoyed it. I'm always up for chatting, so I appreciate the invite.
0: That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at That's c-o-n-n-versa.com. The B2B content show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting.